0: Dual Citizen, The Connection, Chapter 9 Tracy was a new person waiting for the next thing. When Vera and the boys went to West Virginia for Thanksgiving, Bobby stayed home. After dinner, Moody wanted to hear about Bobby breaking Vera's wrist. So Tracy went to the basement with Moody to do something. The fucking bastard, Moody said. I was going to kill him, Tracy said. He was going to tell Moody the tall, shiny silver figure stopped him, but it wasn't time yet. I guess I just thought better of it, Moody grunted. Well,
1: I'm not sure I could have controlled myself. The arrows didn't work, Tracy said, so I tried another way. You don't say, and Moody perked up. A couple weeks ago, I was doing the dishes. Tracy said. I was doing them because Ma couldn't. But ever since I saw Jaws, I hated doing the dishes. Why's that? All that soapy water and not knowing what's underneath. Don't ask me to take a bath. And Tracy gestured to his torso. Showers only. And Moody laughed. But the bastard knew it, Tracy said. And always made me do the dishes. Bobby laughed about it with Freddy. I was thinking about that, and Mom's broken wrist, and I opened up the cabinet to put away the Tupperware. There were Bobby's pills, sitting right there above the sink. The label said to keep them away from moisture.
0: (laughs) Not the smartest place to keep those pills, was it?
1: Moody concurred. Nope, Tracy said. So that cap came off, and bloop, right into the dishwater. Then I rinsed them off. Dried each one carefully, and back into the bottle they went. You want to see that man explode, don't you? Moody said. I figured that's why they called them nitroglycerin. Tracy stated,
0: and they clinked their glasses, Moody's apricot brandy, and Tracy's Coke bottle. Then Moody got concerned. You really wanted to
1: kill him, didn't you? Still do. It's either going to be him or me. Tracy stated.
0: Well, just hold on there, Tracy. Nothing's worth all that, especially at your age, and especially for something as worthless as Bobby. But Tracy didn't see the problem with it. Bobby is truly a horrible, good-for-nothing weasel of a man. He got that right. But you shouldn't have to be doing nothing like that, at least not now. Besides, for some unknown reason... Your wonderful mother don't want to do nothing about it, so we can't. Everything in Tracy wanted to argue with his grandfather's truth, but he couldn't. He wanted to fight. The very name Trammell meant to fight. It meant to separate right from wrong, and everything about that situation was wrong. That don't mean there ain't another way, Moody stated, and Tracy cooled a little. I'll get you out of there, Tracy, Moody decided just give me a little more time. And he took another sip. But I'll get you out. And that was enough for his boy. Then, because the boys were staying in D.C. for Christmas, Granny took the boys and got matching jogging suits for them and Vera. They wrapped them up, and the boys took them to D.C., but Granny didn't get Bobby one. So before Christmas the boys and Vera went to pick out a sleeping bag with arms for Bobby. Christmas morning, the peace offering was opened and Bobby liked it, but for a different reason. "'You know,' Bobby said, "'I didn't get anything for my father for Christmas.' And Vera's jaw dropped. "'How wrinkled is that wrapping paper?' Vera got apoplectic and went to get coffee. Tracy went to his room, and Freddie and Bobby were left to fend for themselves. Later they went to Grandma's house, Bobby's mother, with Vera's gift, and Bobby gave it away in front of his wife. Vera didn't speak to Bobby for weeks. In April there was a bright spot. Tracy's art teacher informed him that his drawing of the vision won an award. Tracy had won awards for citizenship and participation— but an award for artwork, something he actually liked doing, that surprised him. Unknown to Tracy, his art teacher had entered his picture of the vision in a national competition. It won, and Vera was beside herself. Before he knew it, Tracy was taken out of class with his art teacher. Vera took off from work, brought a suit for Tracy to change into, and whisked him into D.C. for the national ceremony. Afterwards, the new visionary was taken to Rock Creek Park for pictures. Vera memorialized the event as Tracy held the picture he was instructed to draw. Tracy didn't know it at the time, but it was the photograph holding the picture of the vision with his award that recorded the truth. But that was the only highlight of the school year. When Tracy graduated sixth grade, he was more than done. After the ceremony, Granny asked Tracy where he would be going the next year. Vera drove them past the middle school, which was just as dirty as his elementary school. It was also in a worse neighborhood and had no windows, not one. "'That looks like a damn prison,' Granny stated, and she knew this for a fact. Tracy went with Granny to visit her brother James a few times." He was never in jail for long, usually just until his drunk wore off or whatever happened could be sorted. But the prison and the middle school were carbon copies of each other. And they don't
1: have books, Tracy said. Now that's not true, Vera answered. It most certainly is, Tracy said. I've been there many times for stuff, and there are no books in that school. And Vera was silenced. Granny... You ever been to a school with no books?
0: The next day, Tracy packed all of his clothes into a suitcase, an extra suitcase, and part of Freddie's. Then Granny took the boys to Rand for the summer. That weekend it rained, so Tracy and Moody had to have
1: their meeting in the basement. I'm not going back, Papa, Tracy said. I can't learn in a school without books. And I can't live with that asshole of a man. And to Tracy's surprise, he was in tears. I can't, papa. I just can't. Tracy stiffened. Because I really will kill him. I know, boy, Moody
0: said, and opened his arms. Tracy fell into them. you stay in here, Tracy. Tracy sat back in his chair to look at Moody, and he was serious. Then Moody gave him a sip of his brandy. And Tracy's tears changed meaning. Me and your granny's been talking about this long and hard, Moody said. Now, we might lose a daughter in the deal, but you can't go on like this. Maybe your mother'll figure herself out too. But she's grown. And Moody looked at Tracy. But you're not, at least not completely. And you deserve better. I love you, papa. And Tracy hugged Moody. Then he began to laugh, because it was over. It was actually over. The summer started, and so did a whole new life as far as Tracy was concerned. Tracy moved into what would be kept as his room until Granny died. He reveled in the fact that he was not going back to D.C., although Freddie didn't care either way. He liked the high-rise as much as he liked hanging with his father's family down the street. But by now, Freddie was a certifiably disgusting adolescent creature. For instance, Moody and Granny loved the Commodore's brick house. The boys sang along in the back seat until Freddie got an idea. He asked Granny to turn up the radio and graveled out the word HOUSE into Tracy's ear every time it was sung. Every single time. But Freddy's most annoying and possibly creative work was a variation of the classic chicken butt. Tracy, Freddy would ask, and Tracy knew not to answer. Tracy, Freddy asked again and poked him. Tracy, Freddy shouted. What? Tracy shouted back and took it. Chicken butt, take a slice and eat it up. Two cents a cup. Don't try your luck. Chicken butt, say what? The other option was almost as bad. The boys shared a room in Moody and Granny's house, as usual. But now, Freddy was not only a new breed of smelly, he was proud of it. "'Hey, Tracy,' Freddy would say. When Tracy looked, Freddy crooked his leg up sideways to crack a fart. And he could do this at will, 24-7. Eventually, Tracy got so tired of him, Granny let Freddy move into the basement. Tracy fully moved into his room and lived in the house he called home until he graduated high school.
1: Hello everyone, Tracy here. I hope you're enjoying my story. We'll let you know how to support this podcast later. But for now... The best thing you can do is follow us and share it with your friends and family. So if you like what you're hearing, please help us out by telling people about it. And thanks again.
0: The Moody house was dug into the side of a hill. The driveway went into the basement where Granny parked her car and Moody had all his tools. The other side of the basement was finished for entertaining. Up the wooden stairs, with a tricky step to the left, was the Meridian Blue Kitchen. Granny's recliner sat in the living room next to the kitchen. That way she could talk on the saffron rotary phone that hung on the kitchen wall, or gossip on the cream trimline phone on the end table. After sundown, Granny would sit and call the women of the neighborhood to make sure all the kids had got home safe. Out the front door was a high cement porch and front walkway lined with Granny's hostas. The back yard was house width down to the river bank. Across the river were train tracks and the turnpike. The steep V of the mountains magnified the rumble, or carried the whistle of coal barges down the river. The canal river frequently rose all the way to the back house. Sharp curves and strong currents made the depth fluctuate wildly. There were rumors the deepest channels were unrecordable. Occasionally there was an accident on the turnpike. Tracer remembered a rescue mission headlined in the Charleston Gazette. A diver went in to find a car and bring back the remains. Reportedly, huge lips of what might have been a carp large enough to swallow the diver emerged from the murk. Future rescue missions were scrapped. From then on, if a loved one's car missed the mountain, that was that. There were other rumors of prehistoric beasts snatching children from the river's banks. But more likely the young swimmers were swept into the undertow first, and then eaten by monsters. William Russell and his wife lived in a 1970s rancher across the street from Granny's house their living-room had a massive wraparound blue velour couch which matched the stereo system most fridays at four thirty granny heard motown blasting she'd fix herself a drink and go out on her rainbow carpeted cement porch william russell would soon be on his the two caught up by shouting across the shallow valley of the road it was faster to yell up or down the street than dialing which may have been why West Virginia had hollers in the first place. The topography also made it easy to know what everyone was about. That summer, Granny was all about keeping the boys busy. Once Tracy and Freddie moved in, she decided they needed a hobby. What kind of hobby? Tracy asked. They were in the kitchen, where all business took place. Something you're good at. And you can do into your old age, Granny said. I got my bowling. I like bowling, Tracy said. Granny had taken the boys' bowling since they could lift a ball. The boys wanted to put the bumpers up, but that wasn't allowed. There are no bumpers in life, Granny had said. And now she was even more indignant. You can't have bowling, Granny snapped. That's mine. AND SHE SAT BACK AND PROUDLY CROSSED HER LEGS DESPITE THE PINK ROLLERS IN HER HAIR. WHY NOT, GRANNY? FREDDIE ASKED. MANY HAVE TRIED. AND SHE LOOKED AT FREDDIE AND WAGGED HER HEAD SADLY. DON'T BE A CASUALTY. GRANNY REFERRED TO GINNY. WHEN THEY WERE ONE SHORT, GRANNY'S TEAM TOOK GINNY ON. THE BOLARET Ebonettes OF CHARLESTON WERE INFAMOUS, BOTH IN THE LANES AND OFF. Jinny was beside herself, getting to bowl with her mamma. Tracy and Freddie overheard the story on a rainy day when Queenie came over to yak it up with Granny. She was an ebonet from the get-go and a fire rocket. <laughs> Remember that time with the cop? Queenie began. I thought we'd be bailing you out of jail for sure. Granny just lit a menthol. AND WHEN YOU TURNED AROUND AND SWUNG THAT BALL AROUND, YOU ALMOST TOOK HIM OUT. THE INCIDENT WAS during GRANNY'S IMPALA DAYS, WHICH EASILY HELD ALL FOUR EBONETS. GRANNY HAD A FEW DRINKS BEFORE SHE LEFT OUT, AND THEY WERE LATE GETTING TO THE ALLEY. THERE WAS JUST ONE PARKING SPACE OUT FRONT, WHICH WAS A FEW INCHES SHORTER THAN IT NEEDED TO BE. BUT NO MATTER, GRANNY PULLED UP PARALLEL AND BACKED IN. Between the gin and her lit menthol, she was a little rough when she hit the rear car's bumper. She had all the power steering possible, so she pulled ahead until she touched the front car's bumper. It took a while, but after a few nudges, she was parked. (laughs) Heh Jackie, you pulled into that car behind you and BAM! Queenie shouted. Then you pulled into the car in front and Queenie made a motion with her hand to represent the car, and she moved Granny's car back. Bam! Queenie popped, and she moved Granny's car to the front to reload. Then she moved her hand back. Bam! She repeated, and then Queenie couldn't go on for laughing. (laughs) I did not see that policeman. Granny laughed. Oh, he was there, girl. At first, he was just in his car, just sitting there. Then he got out and was leaning on it, waiting for you to get done. Once Granny turned off the car, the Ebonettes got out, got their balls from the trunk, and proceeded to the bowling alley. Granny had her bowling ball bag in her right hand, and her half-full plastic cup of gin and tonic in the other. Ma'am? THE POLICEMAN SAID. HE HAD WALKED ACROSS THE STREET BY THEN, AND WAS BEHIND THE IMPALA TO NOTE THE LICENSE-PLATE NUMBER. GRANNY KEPT WALKING AND PRETENDED NOT TO HEAR. THE COP FOLLOWED. MA'AM, HE SAID LOUDER. GRANNY TURNED AROUND SHARPLY AND SAID, WHAT? BUT THE centrifugal FORCE OF HER BOWLING BALL TOOK HER AROUND ANOTHER TIME, BEFORE SHE COULD REGAIN HER FOOTING. After another spin, she got everything to stop without spilling anything. Then Granny straightened up, wobbled, and straightened up again. What? Granny repeated and took a sip. Do you know how many times you hit that car? Granny looked at the officer, looked at the car, looked at the officer again, and then she had it. Well, it's not an accident if you back into it. She screamed, and took off into the bowling alley, cackling away.
1: Thanks for listening, everyone. If you would like to purchase the book, Dual Citizen... It is available on Amazon. Be sure to search for Dual Citizen, The Connection. All three books, The Connection, The Training, and The Arrival, are available in print as well as on Kindle. Dual Citizen, The Connection, is also available on Audible. So, if you would like to skip ahead and see how everything turns out, feel free. But don't tell your friends the ending. Thanks again, and we hope everyone will find their place at the table.